Hi, I'm Brandy. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to Talk 40 to Me. We're having all the candid conversations you'd have with your bestie. Join us as we unpack life in our 40s and all the questions that led up to this next chapter. Hi, everyone. This is Brandy. And this is Angelina. And welcome and back to another Bleh. edition of Talk 40 to Me. <laughs> we just. Couldn't you tell that we did not rehearse that? Yeah. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. So, Angelina, you know that I am not much of a person who likes to cook. And I'm and my family has pretty much segmented me into this little bucket of these are the only things that you're allowed to cook. <laughs> and other than that, you are very bad at everything else. Even my husband, I tried to is. cook. I mean, I am from Louisiana and I try to cook like jambalaya and I'm not even attempting gumbo because it's not even, it, I'm not even going there, but I offered to cook jambalaya one day and he so politely said, no, 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 that's okay. Like I'll take care of it. I'm like, what? I'm trying to help. And <laughs> then later that evening, he told me, he said, listen, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to make you upset or anything, but the boys and I really don't like the way you cook my jambalaya and we just don't like it. So I would just rather cook it. So that way everybody enjoys it. And he's so kind. I don't want it to sound like he is not a thoughtful person. He is probably one of the most thoughtful people on the planet. However, he was just being honest with me, which is what I ask for all the time. And, and so therefore I am a terrible cook and I fully acknowledge that and embrace that. And so for all of the terrible cooks out there, like me, we have a treat in store for you. And if you're not a terrible cook, like I like to cook. You, there's still a treat. There's still a treat. I'm excited because I like to talk about food. And I like yes. Food Angelina's and a little food. foodie. And it. so all that said, I want to introduce everyone to Krista DeSocio. She is the creator of the food blog, DeSocio in the Kitchen. And DeSocio in the Kitchen takes readers and followers on foodie adventures, both in the kitchen, outside at the grill, and around the world. I've had the opportunity to work with Krista on past projects on the brand side. And uh, Krista has traveled and participated in cooking workshops in different cities and countries. She shares knowledge on recipes, spices, cooking techniques with her friends and followers. And you know, some really cool stuff is that she's taking classes in France and London, Thailand, Spain, Puerto Rico. I believe you just came back from Italy too, right? I did, yes. Us. This is quite the introduction, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I am just beyond excited. You know, some other cool facts about Krista, and I'll let her tell you more about her in a minute, but she competed in her first cooking competition where she traveled to Dallas for the, the World Food Championship, which is a pretty big deal. They have people from all over the world that come in. And then also she was on Food Network's new series, Grill of Victory, uh, where she competed with two other home cooks for a new backyard kitchen. And her episode aired in uh, 2022. So she is a culinary consultant. She is a food stylist. And for those of you who don't know what food stylists are, they actually work with photographers or they are photographers that make your food look beautiful in pictures. It's what makes them look so appetizing. Because sometimes, honestly, like when you take pictures of food, you know, you see this picture and you're like, why does my why does my food not look like what I just saw on Pinterest? And that's because of different food styling. So all that said, and without further ado, I would like to welcome Krista DeSocio. Thank you so much for coming on. 
Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm honored to be on your new podcast, and um, I am looking forward to talking all things food with you ladies and your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I know I just share quite a bit about you, but is there anything else that you um, <laughs> would like to fill in? Did I leave any gaps or, or is there anything else that you would like to share? No, I mean, you kind of, you covered it there. I, um, I know I gave you my bio. Thank you for saying it so eloquently. And yeah, that's just, that's kind of who I am. I'm a, I'm a home cook who loves to travel and experience cultures through their food and ingredients. And then I like to kind of bring that back to my kitchen and share what I call the food love. Love it. So where, where are you located? Oh, sure. Yeah. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm originally from West Virginia over in the panhandle about two hours outside of DC. And I went to college up there for communications and you know, I always thought I wanted to be a sideline reporter and Knoxville. I do have my aunt and uncle live here, but it's also a hotbed of TV production. Um, so many production companies for like Food Network and HGTV and all of those they are they're shot. Well, the production companies are here in Knoxville. Wow. And so it just felt like a really easy decision to come on down here and to get into that world. And so I did, um, I did that for, I worked in TV production for probably 12 or 13 years. I would work freelance. So whenever, if a concert would come to town or there was a shoot for HGTV, they would hire me for that, you know, two days or 10 days or whatever it happened to be. And I would work on the set. I was basically just a grip, if you will. That's, the person that runs around and does whatever's asked. But I really fell in love with the whole process of TV production because I love it when it goes from a small, like from an idea into fruition, whenever you see it all come together, uh, which is not unlike food, right? You have all your separate ingredients, you have an idea of how to put them together. And then, you know, you have a meal at the end. I worked, I did TV production. I worked at the University of Tennessee in the athletic broadcasting department. And I produced my own show there and working sports is a lot. It's hard because, you know, especially at a university, because I would be working every single sport, you had to be there hours before, and then you were there hours after the show I produced, it would go live. So I could be, you know, I had to edit the show after the game happened and then I'd um, have to air it the next day. But I did that. And then I went in, that's how I got into, I transferred into uh, more marketing. I worked at AAA. I was the marketing director for the state of Tennessee and moved to a different, to a manufacturing facility where I'm now, where I do part-time marketing uh, three days a week for them, uh, website development, brochures, flyers, all that kind of stuff. And, but I only do that part-time three days a week. And the other time I'm investing in my food blog. So it was really long and probably boring, but. <laughs> yeah. So what was the pivot for you to go from sports to food? Well, I got married and my husband and I, we couldn't have children. And so we decided that we were going to travel and that's how we were going to make memories together. And we got married in 2012 and we started just 
picking different places in the world to go. And I decided I wanted to book a cooking workshop in Italy in this little town, Montepucciano. And it honestly turned into be the most favorite thing that we did together on the trip. Chefs that I take classes from, they don't speak English. So you really have to watch and pay attention and, and really learn how to kind of feel your way through it. And from there, I was just like, we're doing this every year. You know, we pick the location and then I start diving in on small, intimate cooking classes and, and workshops. Um, a lot of them are in people's homes, which I love because then you get to, you also get to see how those people live day in and day out. And it's just, it's become a passion that I can't stop. You know, it started, I came back from the, those first couple of trips and I was just posting pictures and every of the food that I recreated from the classes and people were like, start a blog, start a blog. I'm like, there's so many, you know, I'm just going to be another one of hundreds, thousands. And I just decided I was going to do it one day, you know, same as a lot of bloggers in general, you, you are afraid people are going to pick you apart because you're just not because I'm not trained. Right. But it, it honestly hasn't been that at all. I've had like two trolls in like four years. So I consider that pretty good. <laughs> I think that's what makes you so relatable though, is that you're taking these experiences and you're creating everyday meals based on what you've learned. And it, it's not intimidating and your food is so good. Thank you for saying that. That's a huge compliment because that's what I want it to be. I want it. I want people to experience all of the flavors, but I want it to be in such a way that doesn't seem intimidating because we all love those beautiful pictures on Pinterest and Instagram, but some of them just, they look too complicated, right? Mm -hmm. They're too, almost too fancy. And so I really do try to make my recipes a little bit unique, but also obtainable. Definitely. So You've done some really fun stuff. So we talked a little bit about being on the Food Network, being a part of the World Food Championships, traveling ab abroad. Is there anything that you feel that our listeners could take away from this experience or something that was just really moving for you to continue with this passion? So being on Food Network, I can remember when Food Network first came out. It had always been kind of like this secret dream that I wanted to do, but never told anybody because it always just felt silly to like want to be on Food Network or wanting to be on TV. It just seemed like, I don't know, self-serving and, you know, people want to be doctors and lawyers, but I always just, I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. But I would just put it aside. And I think that's why I did the other kind of TV production stuff because I was still getting to be a part of it. And so it was like filling a little bit of a void. And then when I went for it, I went all in and I was actually found the, the episode, the show that I was on, somebody found me, a, a, a casting company found me on Instagram. Oh, wow. And I went through all of these interviews, probably like six different interviews before they told me I was selected. And it was the takeaway. The takeaway is just you, you have to just go for it because like, what do you have to lose? Nothing. Right. And it's been incredible after people realize that that was my dream, everybody supports it. And it's just like, it's incredibly rewarding to, to just be able to go for your dreams, to do it. And to actually, once it starts getting some footing, it's, it's snowballs. And then you just keep going and keep going. And I would encourage everybody to just go for it. Like, and that's the thing that when we were taught, when you were saying 
about this podcast, something happens in your forties, like when you turn 40, where I just don't care anymore. And I, it's not that I don't, it's, I don't (laughs) care about what people think Mm -hmm. it becomes completely irrelevant, you know? And it's like, what's the worst that could happen? So I fail. So people are going to make fun of me. So like, it's going to happen anyway. Right. It's just, it's incredibly freeing because nothing bad happens. If you fail, nothing bad. Right. Yeah. You learn, you learn from that experience. And I mean, I totally get it. Like there's this little whisper inside of you that you keep trying Mm -hmm. to silence almost. And you're like, ah, it's too much of a pipe dream or, ah, you know, you're going to be judged or what if it fails or what if this happens? And then you start to find all these excuses to not do this thing. That little whisper just keeps coming back. And at Mm -hmm. some point you just, you know, for many of us, you listen to it and then you mm-hmm. kind of just take that leap of faith and and see what happens and and i think that that's when you start to really feel more complete because there's this piece inside of you that you mm-hmm. know is a part of who you are that you're trying to silence i feel like you really get our vision krista <laughs> completely got what we were going totally for here. Oh, good <laughs> so when you made that jump can you tell me more i'm curious what was the show and what was the premise how did it go what was that like? So the show was Grill of Victory. It was a brand new show. The It was actually shot in Knoxville. The production company was here in Knoxville. And what happened was, like I said, I went through all of these different interviews. I was certain I failed. It was like, oh, I nailed it. And then you don't hear anything for two weeks. And then and then they want you again for another interview. And then you don't hear anything. It's very much a roller coaster. But when they told me I got it, I was... I was just so excited. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to be on film. I'm like, how does this happen? Like how, like somebody found me on Instagram. Like, does this happen? This really happens in real life. And sure enough, it did. Um, we recorded the episode in October, 2019. It was three home cooks. You had to be a home cook with no professional training. And it was three rounds of grilling and a lot of it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot and it's fast. And I loved every single moment of it. Whenever I got on set, you know, everybody has every, each one of the chefs we had or home cooks. I don't like calling myself a chef. I feel like that's a title reserved for people with training, you know, so home cook, the three of us home cooks, we each had two cameras on us at all times. There were big boom cameras coming in. And I mean, it was just, I was in my heyday. I was like, my, my heart was racing with excitement. I wasn't nervous at all. I'm like, I know I can cook. I, if I can, and I had been practicing, right? Because you don't know what you're going to have to cook, but I was just trying to grill it. Everything had to be done on a grill. Uh, you could not use the side burner. It had to be the grill. So if you wanted to boil water, if you wanted to deep fry something on the grill, and I just started practicing anything and everything I could think of, because you've seen these food network shows where it's like, they have you doing all of these crazy things. So I baked a cake on the grill in preparation. So I kind of knew I knew I could, you know, get some food on the plate, but when that clock started, I just, it was like, I became super laser focused and I won the first round. Each of the three, three rounds, I, um, I tried to do something like the first, my first one, we had to pick out of a hat, the meat that we were going to use. And I pulled salmon. So I had to make a salmon burger with seven different layers in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went to Thailand for that. I added curry. I chopped up the salmon, added curry to it, boiled water on the grill, made rice noodles. And so I won first, I came in first that round. The second round you had to, 
you had to grill a shepherd's pie, which, right. So you have to get super creative. I went to France on that one. Um, I actually, I came in third on my French round and then the, the final round was a land and sea. So you had to do something from land, something from sea. And I think I came in second there overall. I didn't win, but um, I was okay with that because I just, I would do it again and lose, honestly, just because I love the experience so much. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. That is so cool. I think I could probably qualify for like worst cooks in America or something like that, but you should do it. (laughs) You should do it because you'll come away with having a lot of skills. Yeah. (laughs) So can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Why do you think you're a bad cook? Like, what do you, do you know what goes wrong? (laughs) No, I really don't. I like that question. Like, why do you, why do you feel this way, Brandy? Probably because my family said I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things that I can cook really well. And I do get Green Chef. Right. Which that I think, you know, it's foolproof. Like you follow the instructions to a T Mm -hmm. and it comes out beautiful and it's great. And I've been with you when you've cooked it and I can attest you did a good job. Thank you. Good. You can't fail at following these green chef recipes. Well, some people, some people can honestly, but what is, what's one of your favorite things that you do make that everybody likes? I mean, I legit like don't cook very often. It's okay. I might do a roast, but it's crock pot. (laughs) Nothing wrong with a crock pot girl, but I, I am actually a really good baker. One of my sons has a multitude of food allergies. So I've had to get really creative in the kitchen Okay. to find options that he loves but substitutes that work for him. And so that's been mm-hmm. a mission of mine in the cooking world is finding like baked goods and things like that, or creating baked goods that can substitute some of his favorite foods or some of the foods mm-hmm. that we know that would be a favorite for him. So that's been, you know, in terms of a cooking mission for me, that's something that I'm really passionate about. And, yeah. and I can actually do a pretty decent job, but I know I could do a lot better. You see, baking is hard for some people. Yeah. Baking is so much harder. Two things. I think probably, you know, you're good at that because you want to do it for your son who can have the baked goods and treats. And second, baking is so precise that maybe, you know, maybe you're just really good at following instructions, right? And if you have to come up with, you know, gumbo on your own, you don't know how Mm -hmm. much flour to, to make a roux, right? No. And and figuring out like what seasonings mm-hmm. or flavors pair well. That's something that mm-hmm. is so fascinating on how you can just sort of come up with a recipe that a person just may not, wouldn't normally think to pair these things together, but they taste so great. See, Brandy, I think she's onto something. Like this is a testament to your personality though. Yes. Like, true. yes. This true. is how you are like in your daily life. You like to follow your structured routine, follow you. There are no gray areas with you. Like, whereas I am that person that I'm like, <laughs> yes, and yes. work yes. this way too. <laughs> yeah. And Angelina is a foodie. So I think I thought that this conversation would be so much fun for her as well, because she loves food. She loves trying different things and loves seafood. And uh, she actually just spent a month in Italy. So I thought, oh my gosh, y'all would, and she just took a cooking class. So I think I was like, oh, this is going to be a really fun chat. Yes. Well, I, I think, you know, just start with a recipe 
a really good recipe that you can print off somebody's blog and try to follow that, like something you've never done before, but sounds good to the whole family. And just see if you follow it really closely, see how that turns out maybe. Yeah. You know, because I think it's in you. I think it's in you, but a lot of cooking is just feeling it and tasting along the way, you know, layering in your flavors. That's probably the biggest thing is that every layer that you say add to a pan, you want to season that lightly because you're going to with salt and pepper, because you're going to bring out the flavors of that particular ingredient, add in another ingredient that needs sauteed. You want to lightly, lightly salt that again, because now that's going to bring out those flavors. And it's really just about creating layers, if you will, if that's kind of how I look at it. But I, I really do think that if you just stick to a recipe and there's nothing wrong with that, like, like, right, like you don't have to just get super, but the more you do it following the recipes, the more you'll be able to open up the fridge and the pantry and be like, oh, you know what? I could put that together and I put that together because it's kind of like that recipe I tried before. That's such a great tip. And y'all are so right about this. I mean, I legit looked into <laughs> trying to take classes in food science Oh, yeah. and with, with like a, a, a nutrition organization that gives courses in food pairings and yeah. the right nutrients for the right foods and things like that. And I'm like, how do I learn more about sort of the science behind food, mm-hmm. what pairs well, so that way I can start to create these blends. So it is a really fascinating world for me, even having worked in the food industry for quite some time now, it, it, it just, it's so fascinating. And I'm so impressed by food creators like you who can, who, you know, a brand will approach you and, and is like, Hey, can you create this recipe? And and then y'all just create such magical recipes that are easy, simple, but taste amazing and, and look beautiful at the same time. I mean, it's truly a gift that you have and, and that your counterparts have as well. And it's something that it's just really fun to see how you guys create it. And Angelina and I've talked about this a little bit. She's she also does some content creation, not necessarily on the food side, but we were, I was just telling her how it's such a cool world to live in. And food brings people together, right? Like everybody, everybody needs it. People enjoy it. If you think back to a lot of some of your best memories, I bet they included food and wine or drink or what have you. Um, but it's just this language that everybody understands, you know, and you can just really have so much fun with it. But I think you can get there. I think it just needs to be structured in a way that your brain works. Yep. I want to ask you more about your time in Italy because we we went to Italy from part of May through June. We were there for a whole oh, month. Wow. Wow. And we did a cooking class. Yeah. In Trastevere with Chef Andrea, which we actually still email. We've stayed in touch. Yeah. That's awesome. And I didn't think especially my picky kid was going to participate and enjoy it. And my husband doesn't really like to cook. It was just me and my little that do. And all four of us loved it. We just, we dove into it. We loved it. And yeah, Italy is just, it has my heart. And Italy is magical anyway, right? right? Um, Right. It's just, it is so magical in so many ways. And that's see that again about the food, people who aren't even interested in it really can enjoy it you know, and because it just brings people together. There's no other way to say it. 
it is a love language, <laughs> truly. What was your favorite city or experience? Oh gosh, a lot of my favorite experiences happened in Florence. And that's the other thing. Every tour you take in Italy ends or in the middle somewhere has an incredible meal that goes along with it. And I love that. You don't find that in any other country that I've been to. But I went on a Vespa tour where you got to ride Vespas through the countryside in Florence. And, you know, right at the end, we're on this huge farm overlooking Tuscany with this incredible view being served this, you know, all you can eat food and wine. And so I loved, I love that. I also love Venice, which a lot of people for some reason have this like negative feelings around Venice, but it is the cleanest city I've ever been to. They have trash pickup every single day because they're like on this man-made island. The people are kind, the food, the fresh seafood. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. So Venice is definitely one of them. And then Florence, you know, I've, I've done, um, I did two pasta classes there back in June, being able to hand make pasta. There's something really soothing about that and romantic. And I mean, it just tastes totally different. So I'm, I want to try to start some cooking classes, pasta making classes in Knoxville. I have a friend who owns a, a shared kitchen and he's like, come on girl, like, you know, get some friends. And if you want to host classes here, you know, have at it. So, so cool. And you are starting or have you started your cooking classes? Before COVID, I did cooking classes in my kitchen. It's a lot. It's a lot, a lot of work because everything that you cook, it has to be prepped to some degree. You just wouldn't have enough time to do anything really from start to finish. So, and then the cleanup, you know, if you have eight people, you need eight cutting boards, eight of every, you know, you know, you just need eight of everything. And then it just becomes a lot for me to probably do that again. I would have like an assistant. I would pay somebody who could help me. It's a lot of fun seeing people just watching people, how their brains work. Like I bet if you and Angelina, it would be, you would have two totally different things. You know what I mean? Out of the same recipe. Yep. Um, and I just, I think that's so fun to watch people kind of figure things out and try something they've, they've never made before. I really do try to, you know, I want there to be takeaways. I want it to be something that people could use at their Thanksgiving, you know? Tell me so far, I mean, you've, you've had your hands in so many things. What has been, and then you, you know, you mentioned just now watching how people work through food, but what's been the most rewarding experience of this journey for you? A lot of it is the, the people that I get to meet along the way. Honestly, like you're saying, you're, you keep in touch with people, you know, the chef from Italy. And I have some friends like that too. And the people like people on Instagram, people I've never met before, just encouraging me and supporting me, you know, you know, there've been times like at the world food cooking championship, I was like crying with joy and I really wanted, and I was also crying because I was a little bit sad because I didn't make it into the top 10. And I just put myself out there and it was because everybody was following along. And so I felt like I needed to close the story and that's just like how it went. And the support is, is it just, you almost feel not worthy of the kindness that people give to a complete stranger, which I, I do that too, right? Like I encourage people, but for some reason for me, accepting it is difficult, but it's, it's the people I meet along the way. It's just, I love learning about 
other cultures and and just people. And so long answer to your question. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So I think we're going to be airing this episode at the beginning of the holidays or the Mm -hmm. fall entertaining season. Do you have any special tips or recipes that our audience could explore or maybe, you know, just anything that you would like to share about that? Sure. Yeah. So I love stuffing food inside of other food, especially around the holidays for some reason. So (laughs) I don't know why I just love the way that sounds. (laughs) I mean, we do love to take like a turkey and put it, or is it the duck and the chicken? Duck goes in the chicken. Turducken. Oh gosh. That, have you ever had a turducken? Yes. The duck goes in the chicken. The chicken goes in the turkey, right? I, yeah. And it was terrible. I found it to be terrible. Like the only way I think it would be good as if you did a slow smoke on it Mm -hmm. because to do it in the oven, like the outside is so dry by the time you get the inside of it cooked. I I don't know. I wasn't a fan. (laughs) We've smoked it and we got it from the place that is the original creator of the turducken. Yes. New Orleans made famous by John Madden. Yes. We ordered it on gold belly. That's where ours came from. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. We smoked ours though. That was smart. See, Mm -hmm. that was smart. So back to stuffing food and food. (laughs) Food inside of food. Yes. (laughs) I love to take like acorn squash and do like a sagey sausage, spicy something. I do. I have this recipe on my blog right now, but stuffing the sausage mixture into the acorn squash. I also like doing that with big beefsteak tomatoes. So around the holidays, I I think it's always really special treat when some, when they, friends and family get their own serving of something, right? Like everybody does a buffet. I do a buffet most of the time, but for parties, I like to make it a little bit more special. And when everybody can get like their stuffed squash, right? I just think it kind of elevates the party a little bit and makes everybody, I don't know, it just feels a little bit more personalized to me. So um, I do that a lot. Uh, I also... I'm kind of a planner in the sense that whenever I do Thanksgiving, I, I have a one sheeter with the time and temperature, everything goes into the oven just to kind of keep me organized. And so I don't have to be like counting backwards. Like, when did I want to put that in? You know, I can have my one sheeter and I um, just pop it in there. So I think it might sound over the top or a little too extra, but on the day of parties, you know, everything goes wild. It's crazy. Things burn, things this and that or whatever. And so just like having everything written down is probably the biggest tip and get a good meat thermometer. Don't try to, you know, risk it, get yourself a thermometer that, you know, for your pork tenderloins, beef tenderloins, your turkeys, all that kind of stuff that hands down would be my second tip for sure. I think that that's a really great tip to plan out. And and I'm also, you know, because the other thing I was wondering was how do you prevent your food from going cold? Because I feel like that's what happens during the holidays. Like you're cooking all this food Mm -hmm. and then by the time everyone gets to eat, it's cold. And so I would think that, you know, having your times prepped helps you to better pull everything closer in. So maybe your food's a little bit warmer. Yes. And a little bit fresher versus, you know, having all this food stacked up and getting cold. Yeah. I mean, I, I get my Turkey because I have a gas range. I don't have what a lot of people do have the double ovens and whatnot. I, so I just have one, it is a little bit bigger, but I get up and I do my Turkey and I just get that done and out of the way. And if you wrap that bird super tight in aluminum foil, 
nobody peeks at it. Nobody can peek. It is going to stay hot. I guarantee you for over an hour, probably two hours because I've taken it off and that thing is still steaming. Wow. You just have to wrap it really tight, hold all that in there. And you're giving the bird time to rest. So all the juices redistribute and you're not, you know, losing all of that. And then, you know, after everything's baked, if people aren't, if we're not quite ready to eat yet, I will just lower the oven to like 150 degrees and use it as a warming tour to keep casseroles and that sort of thing warm until everybody's ready. Yeah. And again, it's just kind of thinking through it, the process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. And so if anyone wants to follow your tips or that sausage and acorn squash sounds pretty delicious. I'm going to try that. Oh, it was incredible. And then on, on top, I put pomegranate seeds. So it adds like a little crunch and a little bit of like freshness because everything else is kind of cooked and baked. So I wanted something fresh on top and it's, I, yeah, I loved it. I, I cooked that for a small dinner party and it, it got big reviews. So that recipe is on your blog. Yes. Yes. To follow your blog, they go to disociointhekitchen.com and we'll link mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then if anyone wants to follow Krista on Instagram, it's disocio underscore in underscore the underscore kitchen. Yeah. And it's D-E-S-O-C-I-O for those wondering. Yes. Yes. Which we'll have all these links. These links are in our show notes, you guys, so if you just want to. Yes. And we'll also link on our Instagram as well. Thanks. So do we want to move into our next segment? Yes. Krista, we have a segment called, let me tell you something. And this has stemmed from Brandy and I over the years, just calling each other up and saying, girl, let me tell you something. (laughs) Yes. And it could have a different tone each time, depending on what you want to tell the person, right? So um, this is where, and as our guest, we'd love for you to go first. So this is anything that you would want to share that is happening in your life this week or that you want people to know about. Oh my gosh. I have actually called my girlfriends on this one before. Do you have the Calm app? Yes. I've used it. I am obsessed. I start every day with the Daily J. It's seven minutes. It's a good little story and something to work on for the day. But I love the Calm app. It puts me to sleep at night. And it's just, it has, it's so calming, truly. And I think in today's world, everything is just so go, 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 go. And everybody's anxiety is so high for so many different reasons that it really centers me and grounds me. And I have honestly, I've told all of my friends about it. And I learned about a book through the Calm app. It's called Think Like a Monk. Seriously think it changed my life. Wait, is that a Jay Shetty book? Yes. I was gonna say that. We love him. I love him. Mm -hmm. I thought about getting his book. Do it. But if you do audiobooks, do the audiobook because he reads it and listening to him, like with his inflection and tone. And I could not, I don't know, it's like 14 chapters. Every single day, I have a 30 minute drive to work back and forth. I'm now listening to it a second time. It teaches, a, it teaches it's not religious in any way. It's just the way monks think. And honestly, it parallels Christianity for anybody curious. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you, right? Like that's just kind of how a lot of religions are, but it's just the way monks think because they're to be known as some of the most happy people on earth. And, you know, it's about letting go of things, which we all know, but like different techniques on how to do that and how to forgive people and how, um, chapter two is the one that I was like, 
really sunk in to me. And, um, I just, I started telling everybody about this exercise because we all have somebody that we need to forgive. Maybe, maybe not everybody being able to let that go changed my life. So think like a monk on audiobook. do it now. <laughs> Thank you. I've been wondering about that. You're the first person who's been able to share a little bit more about that to me. So that's really inspiring. I'm going to have to get it. I did. I called my girlfriend in California. I was like, girl, get this book. It wasn't really her style, but she still got a lot out of it. So yeah, think like a monk. I think we would like it. I'm definitely looking that mm -hmm. one up. Yes. Mine is also a book and this is just fresh in my mind because I finished it last night and I think it's relevant to the conversation. It's called The Winemaker's Wife by Kristen Harmel. It is a historical fiction set in World War II and it follows a champagne house in France, outside in France, outside of Paris during World War II. And it tells the story. It, I mean, it's a fictional champagne house, but she does take from real stories, how these people lived through World War II and what they had to do, you know, to get the Germans to keep them alive, basically. Right. And I learned that the Champagne region has been decimated over the years from war, like World War I mm -hmm. was a problem and then they came back and then World War II. So like, some of their vineyards were just completely destroyed. And these people had to, you know, rebuild from the ground up. And um, the soil was very different during mm -hmm. that time. So it had changed over the years, how champagne tasted. And um, she talked about Vouv. I don't know if you feel like Vouv, but I didn't know that that meant widow. The husband that ran that champagne house, this is true, died. The woman oh. came in to inherit it. The widow Clicquot, Vouv, Clicquot. So... It was just a really good book and it talked a lot about the, you know, it taught you a lot at the, towards the end about the history of Champagne. And it was, I like, I'm sure, and you feel this way. I love the connection that I get from food or wine. Yes. Knowing stories behind it and connecting with other people. And so yes. at the end of the book, she tells you like, so next time you're drinking a glass of Champagne, it's not just a good glass of bubbly. Like there are you know, survival stories that are embedded in ancient, like Chandon was another one, these ancient champagne houses that rose out of the ashes, literally, to continue to do what you drink today. I love that. I love, love, see, that's what I'm talking about, like learning about cultures through their food. And I just, I find that absolutely incredible. I did the deep dive on Italy that way and how, I mean, it's just, I could go on and on about it, but I'm, I'm going to get that book. Awesome. It was, it was, it was a really good book. And especially if you're a historical, even if, and if you're not a wine or champagne person, but if you like historical fiction, it was just, it's a, it's a beautiful touching story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So since we're talking about books, I'll just quickly do a, let me tell you something. I, uh, when Angelina and I were in Florida, we came across a cookbook called, I believe it's called Love and Lemons. And I just purchased that book and we are trying some of her recipes. Yay. I'm, I think I've been on her blog before. Mm -hmm. Her cookbook is beautiful. It is a very, it's a very aesthetically pleasing. Like even if you didn't cook out of it and you just put it on your counter and looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, and what's really interesting is the way she created her cookbook is based off of ingredient, not day part. So she has like, Brussels sprouts and then a whole section on Brussels sprouts. Yes. So I thought that that was really cool that she took a little bit of a different take on how she created her cookbook. 
I do. I, I like that. I think that's uh, really smart on her part because I think that's how a lot of people look for recipes now. You know, like if I have a bunch of sweet potatoes or whatever, I have some extra, I'm going to Google sweet potatoes for, you know, some inspiration. Right. You know, I think that's really smart. And they're pretty simple recipes. Like there's not a lot of complexity to them. We did try a Brussels sprouts recipe. Fortunately, this time I didn't cook it. My husband did. So it, you know, I think we needed to tweak maybe the way we cooked it, but overall it was pretty good. It had a sriracha uh, drizzle on it. So it gave Mm, it a real nice spice, but it was, it was like a Jasmine rice with, I think it was Jasmine rice, but it was with rice. Um, with Brussels sprout, some like red peppers and some seasoning. Oh, yum. We added carrots to it, which was a good add. So yeah, it was, it's pretty good. I have a really, if you like Brussels sprouts, I'll send you my recipe. Um, I do it. Um, I roast them and get them really like brown and crispy. Mm, that's the way I like them. Yes, mm. me too. And I do a, like a hot Asian sauce on top mm-hmm. with candied bacon and um, fresh pear or apple. Oh my gosh. They're so good. They're so good. Yes, please. I'll send it to you. Candied bacon was where you right. Really right. Had Man. Me, had me there. That sounds delicioso. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next mini segment. It is time for rapid fire. And so in rapid fire, we ask our guests a few questions just to learn a little bit more about you before we close out our segment. So first question is, what is your go-to self-care routine that you just can't live without? It might be it might be a book that you read. It might be like going to Starbucks every day. A lot of our guests have actually said that they take baths every day. That like, mm-hmm. that's kind of their decompression time or meditation. I know you mentioned the Calm app. Yeah. So, what would be like your go-to must-have? The other thing I like to do on my iPad, I have a coloring app, and I'll just zone out. I like to kind of take the last 30 minutes of the day before I go to bed and do a little coloring. It's kind of silly, but it's just, it, my brain can zone out and I, you know, don't think about anything other than just filling in, you know, spots with color. (laughs) I enjoy coloring. Actually, I have some adult coloring sheets and I, I think there's some, you know, proof to it that it really does help center you and calm you and clear your head. I had a coworker who had adult coloring books in her office. And anytime any of us got stressed out, we would just go and right? take her book and color with our little coloring pencils. It's great. It is. It really, it is. And yeah, I don't know if it's because we get to use that like creative side of our brain that's, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I, I do, I enjoy it. It relaxes me. <laughs> I love that. Another great tip to start doing on the daily. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I should do it more often. I'm glad you mentioned I agree. it. Yeah, me. Yeah, I am too. If you could live anywhere for a year, where would you live? I would be a nomad for a year and I would travel Europe and Asia. I don't think I could just pick one. If I had that opportunity, I'd be like, I have to get in all the places. (laughs) So I would, I would travel, honestly. Imagine, especially, you know, having a passion for uh, the culinary world and food, like, gosh, it kind of makes me think of what was that movie with Julia Roberts, Eat, Pray, Love, like how she just like oh. toured and just like yes. soaked up all the food. Yes. I love that. Favorite way to spend a day off? Probably, I don't know, is like doing nothing an option? Any? <laughs> yes, it is. It's your day. Totally. I mean, literally, I would, 
I would sleep in. <laughs> I would take my time drinking my coffee, sitting out on the porch where it's a little bit chilly and I'm in my comfy clothes, just enjoying the nothingness of the day. Probably it, you, we get to like, it's so infrequent that we get to like do that nowadays. So that's probably what I do. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of like embracing just being present. Yes. And just smelling the outdoor air and walking on the grass and just feeling the sun and, and just being present with yourself. You all are going to love Think Like a Monk. I can just tell right now. Ooh. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> awesome. And last question, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? I would say, you know, what we touched on at the very beginning, just go for it. Don't be so worried about things that don't matter, you know, because I, I feel like that probably kept held me back in some ways. Like I wouldn't change my life. I wouldn't change anything about it. No matter how difficult it is at the moment, it would just be to just embrace it and do it, you know, because I, I hate to think of other people who are nervous to start something that they want to, you know, because you're missing out on fulfilling what makes you so happy. Do it, go for it. Start, start now, start today, start sooner. That's what I would tell myself. <laughs> And, and no one can see us, but Angelina and I are sitting here nodding our heads, like <laughs> wishing that maybe we should have done this sooner, like this podcast sooner, because there was so much fear on, you know, what if I fail or what if I, this happens? And I think it, it completely agree. Yeah. But everything is in its own time right now. You have a lot. Now you have a lot of content right now. You have things to, you know, talk about and experience that you can, that you can bring to your podcast. So Definitely. And I love, I just love so much how you have embraced this passion of yours and you're creating, I mean, you're creating these opportunities and, and what you do, you're so talented and, and just so lovely to work with also. I just want to say that it has been so wonderful to have you and to hear more about your, your journey. And I think kudos to you for taking a leap is the biggest thing that I wanted to say, you know, Brandy and I, it took us to push each other to do mm -hmm. something, to be in this space. And you just took a leap of faith on your own. And that is admirable. And I hope that we have some younger women listening that hear all of this and know, you know what, it's, it's okay. Like take that risk. I also like to try to pass it on, right? Because somebody did that for me just like put me on TV cooking. She's like, if you're ready, I'm ready for you. You're going to do it without even ever seeing me talk on TV before. And so I try to make that now part of my mission to pass that on, to be that person for as many other people that I can. So my DMS are always open. I love talking to people. If you need a cheerleader, I, I will be that person for you. So, but yes, thank you all so much for having me. And you guys definitely need to go and check out Krista's Instagram and website. She has some amazing recipes <laughs> and just such a joy to, to also watch in her, in her videos. And your reels are funny too, by the way, she's got some, oh, she's humorous too. So to learn more about Krista's tasty recipes and beautiful food photography, follow her at Krista on IG at DeSocio underscore in underscore the underscore kitchen. You can find the link directly in our show notes and to learn more about Krista 
or if you're ever in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee area, yeah. which I, I want to go. If you're looking for cooking class, visit dissociointhekitchen.com. And thank you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening in. And as a member of our community, we want to hear from you. Follow us on social at Talk Forward to Me podcast and share your feedback on today's topic. How is the conversation relevant in your life? And is there a topic you'd love to hear us discuss? On that note, cheers to aging gracefully, living life to the fullest, and enjoying another day with your besties in life. <laughs>